to the Smart Connector podcast, which looks at the power of connection in business and life. Featuring solo episodes as well as a range of exciting interviews with entrepreneurs across multiple sectors, we offer tips and advice to build your impact, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons, and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Welcome to the Smart Connector podcast. My name is Jane Baylor and I'm here with an amazing guest tonight. Welcome Emma Harvey Pugh. Hi, thanks Jane for inviting me on. Great to have you here, Emma. So Emma is an independent consultant, a strategic partnership and team building expert, and she's the founder of Levelation, which helps fast growing SMEs transform their runaway growth zone to a path of aligned expansion. And she does this through delivering strategic leader and team development programs that contrary to the modern day pressure to push beyond your comfort zone, are driven from a place of comfort and natural strength. And we're going to be getting into this. I'm sure you're intrigued already. But before we get into it, Emma, then I'd just like you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you personally. Where do you live? You know, where, what are you, what are you up to in your personal life? Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Jane. So I am based in South Wales. I live just outside of Cardiff with my husband and my young daughter. My personal life is spent a lot with my daughter at the dance studio. She's recently fallen in love with Latin and ballroom dance at six years old, which is fantastic to see. So yeah, a lot of my time at the moment is five days a week at the dance studio and uh, Oh. taking her to some competitions that she's she's been in recently and actually won one world and, and European championships with her dance team which has been exciting. wow that's amazing yeah. oh that's so cute so Emma's actually a client of mine aren't you Emma that's the other thing yeah. I forgot to say so yeah so in this podcast we're going to be talking about her unique approach but we're also going to be talking about the ideal client success program and how she found her experience of working with me. So we will be getting into that later. But first of all, what I'd like to do, Emma, is just ask you about your background prior to starting your own consulting business. Mm -hmm. uh, so where did you work? How did you come to develop this particular skill set? Okay, so over the past 20 years or so, I've worked for different businesses, primarily in the tech industry, from small kind of startup family businesses, right through to big global brands. I've worked in a variety of different functions in, in sales, in marketing, but predominantly I've spent a lot of time um, working in G, partnership management, commercial type roles and development roles within, within the businesses and have managed uh, partnerships with big brands such as the likes of BT and Microsoft, Amazon, Google, lots of the big tech brands that I'm sure you would have heard of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So fantastic background there in corporate, Emma. And I can testify that you've certainly got a very, very strategic brain. That's definitely <laughs> something that is so noticeable about you. So let's talk about what inspired you to start Levelation. Okay, so I think it was a bit of a, a journey of self-discovery for me, really, and, and really understanding what it is across my career that I've really enjoyed and, and excelled at. And, and I've done lots of psychometric tests, as, as lots of people have in the corporate world. And as I say, I've worked in in small businesses and with small businesses as well. And 
my work kind of comes from a place of values for myself. I really want to make sure that like fairness, equality and things like that come to the forefront of what I do. And I really saw that lots of the things that I've learned and had exposure to in the corporate world and comes kind of to a penny to people in the corporate world would really benefit people in smaller, fast growing businesses. And so I really wanted to take that expertise, kind of the tools that I've got at my disposal as well to help those growing businesses at various stages as they as they accelerate through their growth. So that's really what kind of got me sparked, if you like, to to what I wanted to do with my my career going forward and how I could best put my skills to work and really enjoy what I'm doing every day so yeah that's that brought me to here (laughs) yeah yeah fantastic so Emma we talked about the comfort zone didn't we and the common perceived wisdom that people always need to be pushing beyond that and your approach is is sort of diametrically opposed to that isn't it Mm -hmm. can you just talk about that a little bit yeah, absolutely. As you know, this is a, a big passion of mine. I think in today's world, there's such a culture of you to be successful, you need to push outside your comfort zone. You need to do more, to be more, to want more. And the way that that message is delivered and the pressure that is put upon us from that, not only from other people, but from ourselves, is really hard wearing. (laughs) It almost makes you feel like you're not going to be successful by being yourself, which I, I think is quite a negative approach to being successful. And while, yes, you do have to move forward and progress to be more successful tomorrow than you are today, you can definitely do that from a point of comfort and in ways that come naturally to you. And if you're doing it in ways that come naturally to you, you're going to get there a lot quicker, a lot happier, a lot more efficiently than if if someone externally or yourself is pushing you to do it in a way that doesn't come naturally to you. Yeah, so that is such an interesting point. And I have to say, Emma, I've really enjoyed working with you on this particular topic. It's been so fascinating. So would you say that a lot of the time people don't know what their natural strengths are? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So I think when when we think of strengths, particularly in in our working lives, people often at the forefront go to their strengths as their skills. So, for example, somebody who's working in an administration role or in a secretarial role might say their strengths diary management, for example, or somebody um, working in don't know an architectural role might say that design that's that's what their their skill is and their skill strength but when you think about skills can be learnt so Mm -hmm. everybody can take the time to learn something and what your natural strengths are are things that actually get people to that higher level um, Mm -hmm. and it's the lens that you approach them with But sometimes these natural strengths come so naturally to you that you don't even notice, like you mentioned. Mm. And something you could put a task in front of both you and I, and we could both get to a great result at the output left to our own devices. But I might do something that I perceive to be common sense in my approach. Mm -hmm. And you do something that you perceive to be common sense in your approach. 
but both of us look at each other's common sense and it doesn't make common sense to either of us the other way and that's why people so often disregard what these natural strengths are because to them they use them so naturally and so effortlessly yeah that they don't see it as a superpower but yes dismiss it as as being common sense yes. but it's not it's it's your superpower <laughs> yes and and you know it's amazing really because they don't teach this in school do they you know, no, we're, we're no. all really taught to be average, aren't we? Because we're, we're taught to take all these exams. And if we don't, <laughs> if we don't do well, we, we need to do a retake. We don't need to do more of what we do, what comes naturally to us, because that's easy. That's that's you know, we can spend less time doing that. We're told that we have to we have to work hard at the things that we're bad at. Right. Exactly um, that. And in fact, I've, I've actually worked with some people leaving both school and university using my programs and they have gone leaps and bounds into the working world for the first for the first time because they've really understood who they are for the first time who they are yeah is, was more than just grades on a piece of paper and they could understand how to talk to an imp prospective employer about why them and then how how they were going to approach things in the workplace so yeah it's it's so important not just in later career development and and your leadership skills and everything else and how to work in a team but right from that day one of entering the working world it it really sets a great platform to understand who you are and what you want from the from your working day really to make you happy yes, yes. But a lot of people, a lot of people, as well as not recognizing their own strengths, they also don't have anybody else validating them as strengths, do they? Because I mean, I'm thinking about when I when I was young and I was always very creative and I was always very good at language. Any form of language was was definitely a, a strength of mine. But nobody ever, ever said to me, oh, you know, this is you're really, really good at this. I remember I got like three A's in my English. You, you know, I've got like A, this is the highest grades ever. And uh, I remember my mother looking at my grades and said, you didn't do very well in maths. And it was like, <laughs> That's I was like it. And, I, and I find this was another thing for me, like in the workplace, <laughs> you can have a, a review with your boss and sit down and all too often, it's very quick to dismiss all the boxes you've ticked in the last quarter yeah. or last year. And, oh yeah, you've done well at this, you've done well at that. Let's quickly park that and now let's spend most of the time talking about either what's not been good enough or what needs to develop. Yes. And I think and, and the really key thing with that conversation is having it in a positive way and actually taking learnings from that very quick tick box exercise that you did at the start of the conversation to go, well done, you've done this, this, and this, and going, well, how can we take those things and apply them to the things that we want to develop? but before your next review. And so it's really understanding how you can use those things that are already successful, understand why they've been successful, and then reapply them. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's from the individual's perspective, isn't it, mm. Emma? But of course, taking SMEs from their runaway growth zone to their path of aligned expansion is also about the impact on the business, isn't it? So would oh, you like to talk about that? 
Absolutely. So, I mean, even I can, I can, the first stat that comes to my mind as well at the moment, I know you and I have spoken about this before. There's a statistic in the UK that the average employee is only productive for two hours and 53 minutes of the working day. Water cooler conversations, checking the phones, doing things that aren't just generally not productive for your business. Mm-hmm. And to be able to get people working better together and doing more because they're enjoying what they're doing imagine those those two two hour of 53 minute people are possibly slightly disengaged as well but the more that you can get those people engaged the more that clock's going to go up the more you're going to get from them so all of a sudden your cost of labor is suddenly a lot better than it was without spending any more money and then when you've got happier people working in the business that in turn improves customer satisfaction and then customer retention and all of that goes to the point that every business is trying to get to it's going to improve your bottom line and your profits and it really does start from within to do that and it's the knock-on effect that it it has in so many different areas yeah absolutely and one of the things that I found fascinating about our work together Emma is also that the work that you did around the different generations in the workplace, because they all have very different characteristics, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to share some of that? Because it was just, I just found it so interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, as you know, I I did a lot of research into this previously, and I've I've recently written an ebook which contains this, as well as some wider topics about getting engagement excellence from your business. But one thing is to think about the different generations and there will be differences in terms of what they've experienced in their lifetime. Obviously, we can't stereotype everybody accurately. We can make some generalizations and you'll be able to to align to some of them within your generation, I'm sure. So, I mean, if we think about kind of the traditionalists, so they're the very eldest generation. In fact, a lot of them have retired now, but we might still find them in the workplace. These are the people that were around to experience World War Two. It's had an effect in their life and they're going to be a lot more regimented in the workplace. They're going to respect authority. They're going to want structure. They haven't grown up with technology, so they're probably going to prefer things being written down, face to face meetings, these types of things. And then you go right up through, obviously, to to millennials and things today. And they have a very different experience. So you have uh, there's a lot more going on with like global things, with environmental concerns, people a lot more open about their political views, for example. And they're a lot more willing to talk out. You just need to think we've had Greta Thunberg around in this generation who's really championed stand up for what you what you think and and they'll do that in the workplace as well so Mm -hmm. they will come in and challenge something whereas as you go further back through the generations maybe less likely to and I mean my generation known as the latchkey generation because (laughs) our, our parents were very much workhorses and the latchkey is around a lot of my generation might have been home alone after school because the parents are still busy working but then you'll find that this generation has the highest number of entrepreneurs because of that 
problem solving from when they were younger. Their minds are quite problem solving, quite creative, also very independent in their way of working. So again, it's looking at those dynamics within your teams as to how do you get this generation and that generation to work a bit better together. Once you understand what might be driving their thought processes and their pre- their natural preferences in different different environments, then then it's a lot easier to see why there might be potential clashes and and how you can benefit. Like certain certain generations are quite into mentorship and and that's great to put them together. But when we've got five different generations in the workplace today, it's key <laughs> to really understand these little nuances and where they might come from. It's it's the first time that we've had these five different spreads of generation in the workplace. And then we've got another one not not long around the corner coming into play as well. Yeah, it's true. It's true because older people are working for a lot longer these days, mm-hmm. aren't they? And as, as you rightly pointed out, I mean, my my parents, they retired when they were 60. That That was considered, well, that was a done thing then. But, you know, now if people like what they do or maybe if they need the money because the cost of living is very expensive, then people yeah. will work in some instances up to the age of 70. And as you said, the the amount of technological change and societal change that has happened over the last 30, 40 years, oh, yeah. it's huge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can't just throw them all in together and treat them as, you know, the same, can you? Exactly. Yeah, there's so many. You think of the the external influences that happen in our life and how that does really impact. It's the nature and nurture argument, isn't it? So it it, it does have an, an influence to different levels, but but for sure it does. Yeah, it's really funny, actually, Emma, because I was thinking about this specifically today. Obviously, I had in the back of my mind that we were going to be talking tonight. Yeah. But I was actually thinking about that topic. And I was thinking about some of the people that had influenced me and actually how grateful I am to be living at a time where I can get these influences from really, really high caliber entrepreneurs you know Mm -hmm. I can just have them I can just listen to them I can read what they're saying in real time I I can connect with them obviously I've got you know I've got a mentor myself at the moment who's a really high level guy but I also in my mind I feel as though I've got all these other mentors because I've got people that I follow and people that I I read and you know it just really is different to how it was in my parents generation where they really had nobody except mm. the bbc mm. <laughs> yeah that was exactly. it yeah yeah, yeah exactly all the times the financial times yeah my father used to read, <laughs> yeah. read the financial times yeah and and so as you said the influences particularly if if you are somebody who is you know of a younger generation not that I am but you know somebody that grew up with social media and it's always been there it's huge isn't it the impact of globalization as you mentioned Greta Greta Thunberg and people like that I mean how how many people of of our parents generation would have been exposed to somebody like that just wouldn't have happened no not at all not yeah Yeah. So, uh, Emma, let's go back to this thing about the runaway growth zone. Yes. So the fast growing SMEs. Now, what a great place to be, Jane. A runaway growth zone. (laughs) Yes. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So we talked about this quite a lot, didn't we, when we were working together? Yeah. Because I was in that situation myself where all of a sudden we did something right, but there was also a following wind. And I was running this business and it just took off like a rocket. And it was quite crazy, really. It was a very, very crazy time because we didn't really have time, or at least that was what we thought, to cater to everybody's needs. Mm. And of course, what happened is that the business was very productive, but people, there was a, a time where I saw people were getting more and more unhappy because, you know, just all this work was coming in through the door and it all had to be done. But it felt like the fabric of the company was slightly disintegrating. Mm. So when we talked about the runaway growth zone, I thought that is, you know, that is was my experience for sure. So yeah. let's actually talk about those kind of issues. What happens to businesses when they start to grow fast? I think one of the, one of the big things from a business owner's perspective is there is so much to do today. Yes. So they're in a great place. They've got loads of orders coming in. They've got a growing team of people. Everything's on the up on all of their graphs. There's more people. There's there's more, like I say, more orders. There's more profit. There's more everything else. But that also comes with there's more demand for your time. <laughs> the more people you bring into the business, the more issues you're going to likely to have to deal with in terms of yeah. people not being happy or you're not getting the best out of them or you've got customer complaints coming through and from a business owner's perspective I think their time gets so absorbed in the here and now mm -hmm. that it gets it becomes very easy to just park anything about growth or enhancing what's already there just purely to get through the days and deal with what operationally needs you today who's who's got the biggest fire to put out yeah uh, and so that's that's one thing that I really could see that kind of my skills and programs could help business owners with that yeah. it wouldn't detract them from putting those fires out from doing the things that that they're wanting to do within the business and the stuff that they're sidelined that they know needs to happen but they just don't have the time to do it today that I can kind of take that away from them in, a, in an affordable and efficient manner so yeah that was kind of my big big driver for that and and also I've I've dealt with projects before where I've been helping a growth pattern whereby businesses go through depending on which which school of thought you use five or seven business growth stages now yes. each one of those stages you do need to sit back and take stock because the systems the people the processes the policies that you've had in place that have served you amazingly to get to your runaway growth zone yeah aren't necessarily going to be the best things to take you from from that stage to your aligned expansion to the to the next growth stage that that you want to get to so it's also about obviously looking at looking at the people within the organization supporting that culture getting the best out of the people getting ensuring they're happy helping with with retention as well as attracting top talent in as you're growing through the business but also helping businesses with that strategy side of things and the operations of okay what what actually now needs to take that slight step change to make us 
more efficient and grow even more and be able to scale again to our next growth stage. Yes, as I say, I remember that time very, very clearly for us. And a lot of it was about putting the systems in place. Mm. But the systems had to be people systems as well. Because if you don't have people systems and you're taking on, like we quadrupled, our employees went from, well, from 12 to 40, you know, really, really quickly. Mm. And you can't manage 40 people in the same way that you can manage 12. With 12, it can be very personal. It can feel very personal. Once you've got 40, you need to have those systems and processes and you need to be able to to, you know, monitor people and not just their performance. You, you need to monitor whether they're whether they're happy and whether they're communicating that kind of positive energy mm. in the organization. Because I remember we had a couple of well, one in particular, like a real bad apple who was, you know, really sort of infecting everybody else with yeah. this kind of really really down mood that they had and there was no real reason for it but I think we could have nipped it in the bud and and of course you just it's very very easy to ignore the impact of all of that stuff but it is huge it is really huge definitely and you definitely don't want to burst that bubble if you're on that upward trajectory and doing so well you need to make sure that you've got the the things the support people in place to help you continue going upwards because putting these things to one side yeah you can get away with it for so long but it's it's going to be snowballing in the background like you say you've got one person who's slightly unhappy to begin with because they're growing there's got more workload you can't recruit people quick enough (laughs) especially in uh, this current situation I hear from from lots of businesses are saying I'm like oh I can't I can't recruit people quick enough. So that is so important to make sure that you're really looking after the people that you have today. But like you say, that that little niggle about the extra workload today ignored over a a couple of months can soon snowball and, like you say, become toxic across the workforce. Yes. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it from a business owner's perspective that it's... It's oh, I, I, I'm sure people are sat listening going, oh, yeah, I know I need to do all this stuff. I just don't have time. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't I don't have time. But but you're right about about, you know, th- these things, they can take hold. And all of a sudden, one bad apple can turn into a toxic culture. Exactly. Uh, and that is the downside of the runaway growth zone, because yeah. you know, the runaway growth zone can be somebody coming in and actually almost taking the control away from you and putting their own agenda into it. Mm. If you're not paying attention to your people, they are the most your most important asset, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember when I when I worked in media, the businesses that really did pay attention to their people, they were the most successful. They were absolutely, and they were oh, the most robust yeah. as well. That's the thing. They're That's what takes you from a, from a good business to a great business. It's having yeah. that great team in there. Without those, your business is nothing. Yeah, and I think the thing that's really exciting about your service, Emma, and I really enjoyed working with you in terms of formulating this and helping to put it all together in a, in a way that make, made sense, is the fact that you're not 
putting the burden on the business owners to do all that work. It is a system that you've got. So you can import your system at different levels, can't you? So people can have a light version and they can have mm -hmm. a, a more intense version and then they can have the full version, can't they? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it goes back to the point of my values again and wanting things to be fair and accessible to all that. I, I didn't want to have one one complete program that like you either take this or that's it because each business has different needs it has different teams with inside it it's at different stages of its growth and so therefore for me as you know it was really important to make this accessible to everybody and so that they can kind of pick which level actually suited where they were in their business at that time yeah. So would you just like to give a bit of an insight then in terms of these levels, Emma? Obviously, I understand them, but I'm sure <laughs> that our, you know, our audience might be saying, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, so the first one really is looking at high achievers. So people in the business that you really want to be supporting and nurturing. Um, so we would look at understanding, as we talked about earlier, about what their natural strengths are so it's looking under the hood of what they're good at on their day-to-day -day tasks and really understanding why they're good at them and those common sense things that they might not actually realize themselves so working with these achievers to really help them unlock their personal excellence which is not only going to benefit you but it's going to benefit them in their day-to-day -day work that they're a lot happier a lot more efficient and a lot more productive so i will work with them in terms of yes there's a psychometric test in, involved in that but that will share with them then what their these strengths are and i will work with them to really understand how they can use those in their day-to-day working life and also in their personal life as well I, I find this approach really beneficial for me and my mental health outside of work too so yeah we we'll work with them how to do that but to understand that also your strengths can be your enemy if you overuse your strengths they can kind of be too loud and you will have drainers as well it doesn't mean you're not good at these things it just means that they're things that you would naturally shy away from so it's understanding this self-awareness in these lenses and knowing when to dial them up and dial them down and and how to do that and so i work with with those individuals are on that basis and and that's kind of the the entry level package program that i will that i offer then we move on to the next level which actually looks at teams and the teams then that brings in the individuals and looks at how they work by themselves but what do they look like cumulatively uh, and how can you get that team working a lot better together it's not just about dysfunctional teams or teams that aren't performing this is also great for teams that are really high achieving teams because you want to learn why is that team high achieving and how can we get more of that yeah replicate <laughs> yeah it really helps to un unlock those and and it may be teams that are working together constantly or it may be teams that you're bringing together for particular projects or things so that's another approach of program that I have is around the teams and then there's the leadership model as well <clears throat> so you can when we're looking at the leaders not only look at their their strengths in the same way that you would do with your high achievers and your teams but also look at the leadership qualities as well so how they can become a great leader by being their authentic self so without trying to pigeonhole them into all oh, you have to act in this way 
do it in a way that's going to come across naturally to them. And then that's going to resonate a lot better with their team members as well. So hoping helping them to how do they have powerful, positive conversations with their team members. So this is going to be great for whether you're an existing leader, business owners, it's going to be great for them. But it's also going to be great for people that are new into into leadership positions and exploring how they're going to approach that. Because gone are the days when we have this very specific that all managers have to look like this and they have to be dictatorial and they have to have these skill sets. You can have you can have any strengths to become a great leader. You just need to understand how you're going to deploy those against the core leadership areas. Yeah, no, it sounds absolutely fascinating. And the interesting thing about that as well is that it's not just about self-awareness, it's also about awareness of of other people and how you fit with them, right? Because mm. I've been on, I've sat on quite a few boards and I have seen the conflict that often arises between yeah. people. Boards are pretty savage places. You know, people think that, oh, it must be nice to have all that power. When you actually get there, you realise everybody's fighting about money all the time. That's what they do on boards. You know, it's like it's straight to the money, you know, because everybody's thinking about their profit share and the equity and all the rest of it. Um, And, you know, so to diffuse some of that through an awareness and an understanding of other people's strengths and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, their preferences and, And just their character is going to be very useful as well, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think the thing, the other thing where you differentiate looking at strengths at this level as well is you can you can easily get pigeonholed into, oh, Jane's very good at this. So we'll just put her working on that project all the time, because take me as an example. I like working on Excel uh, and that I can tell you from my strengths, that's because of my critical thinking my strategic (laughs) mindedness and my creativity because I like looking through the data and looking for opportunities and understanding things somebody can misconstrue that to Emma likes inputting numbers onto a spreadsheet and pigeonhole me into a data processing role which is very much not going to be something that excites me every day I could be very good at it but it's not going to get the best out of me so yeah it's really understanding those things and like you say how you then understand that from other people as well and when you're working on a project together or working within your working teams how do you understand okay just because I see that person on the face of it is very good at doing x task Mm -hmm. don't automatically assume that you can lift and shift that to something else without understanding what's really driving that greatness Mm -hmm. underneath yeah I mean really fundamentally this is all about performance isn't it it's all about optimizing performance (laughs) and also quality of life really because you know your business is there to serve your life and Mm. so it's always better isn't it when people are working together happily and whether when everybody feels motivated and aware of Mm. everybody else and themselves yeah absolutely yeah and today people are are more willing to walk away from their jobs today if it doesn't suit their work-life balance if it doesn't suit their values and if they don't feel like they're being fulfilled and so these things to help to tick tick those boxes as well and 
you think how much time of our adult lives we spend working and another thing that I've said to you about what kind of I want to champion if you like is I'd love to rid the world of the the Monday blues and that Friday feeling like why do we have to position it like <laughs> that that oh that going to work is oh it's this dreadful thing and happiness only comes for the two days at the weekend for those of us that work Monday to Friday surely there's things that we can do and and I know we can with with this approach to make that Monday to Friday less of a dread so yeah that that's another one of my little passions and flag flying things yeah which is fantastic and as I said I'm obviously haven't been in the workforce for a while myself but you know my children are they're young millennials my older my older two and, you know, they are very much, as you described, my older daughter in particular, she was working with a, a very large company in market. I won't use say the name, but they were terrible. They were really awful, just absolutely brutal and ruthless. And and now, you know, she she is much, much happier. And a lot of that is to do with that kind of softer, more caring culture. It's not that, you know, they are a less successful company, an incredibly successful company, but everybody's happy. Yeah. I mean, what is more important than actually people coming into work and smiling every day, as you said, just exactly. they love what they do. They love the way that they're treated and they feel valued. So yeah. important, isn't it? It's going to have a knock-on impact everywhere. And there's no excuse for us not to be doing that. There's, there's so many ways, like easy quick ways that we can be doing that through to the more kind of in-depth and complex ways but there's something that we can all be doing to make sure the next person to us is as happy as they can be and that we are ourselves as well so definitely well well (laughs) yeah it's been such an amazing conversation so before we go Emma just if you don't mind just like to talk about your experience of working with me and joining the ideal client success program so what made you approach me in the first place what what was it what what were you looking for I think so we obviously met at a networking event and I think for me kind of your personality which I'm sure everyone that's that's (laughs) watching and listening knows how infectious your personality is but also I think I really gelled with you in terms of kind of your experience kind of where you've been from what you've been through you're a very credible person and to me who I work with is as important as to what (laughs) what I'm doing so I think yeah firstly it was very much Jane is someone that I want to work with (laughs) yeah but also I was very obviously building my business very keen to make sure that I'm doing it in a thoughtful way I practice what I preach in terms of I think it's very important to have a support network around you as well. We can't do everything ourselves and we can't be a jack of all trades. I felt very comfortable with doing some of the things that we've we've talked about by myself, but I've I would never have done them without having that second person to bounce ideas off of and and sanity check and and there's things that that you do that I've never had experience of before and and that's invaluable to me especially someone who starts starting out as a consultant and you've not got a team of people there you've not got a marketing department you've not got all of these different people so to to make sure that you're working 
with surrounding yourself with a network of people who have those those skills that you can tap into and yeah it's been it's been invaluable (laughs) definitely thank you I mean for me some of the most important work we did was really kind of actually packaging your service because I work with a lot of consultancy startups And they often come to me with the most incredible wisdom and experience, just like you, Emma. But there's a big difference between actually having that raw, raw material, if you like, to offer and then actually packaging it up into something Mm. that and I talk about this quite a lot. That is a bit like handing over a present with a shiny bow because people understand what they're getting there's some excitement there they've got something to unwrap and when they do unwrap it then what they do what they unwrap is something that makes sense because it's described in a way that bypasses the curiosity filter to get them chosen first and that's of course what everybody in business wants is you know, particularly service-based businesses, is they want to get chosen. Of course they do, because there are no second prizes, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I agree with you. That was something that was so important to me because I did want that that variation that people could could almost pick and choose what's what suited them. But also I knew that that wasn't going to work to just talk to people and go, here you are, like here's a big takeaway menu of things and you have to try and work out like how to put it all together yourself and while that seems like it's very appealing especially talking to people who are already very very busy they wouldn't have time therefore to try and work out all of these things so to be able to work out and get that time with you to go right how are we gonna I knew what all of the elements were it's just how do we make them into a more cohesive package so that it makes sense and and that people could look at it and go actually no that that's not going to fit because of this or that's a bit too much because of this and if nothing else it's a great starting point each of them to have that conversation but yeah that definitely definitely really helped me (laughs) yeah thank you so so Emma what would you say to anybody that's maybe watching this and but sitting on the fence and thinking oh should I should I work with Jane what what would you say to them I in a heartbeat, I would say yes. Jane's not the first person that I have worked with. There was somebody else who who convinced me that they were going to be just what I needed for, from this perspective. I, I came away from having spent money on that very disappointed. I hadn't got any further forward. I, I learned a lot in terms of what I didn't want with working with somebody and what I didn't want to be doing myself to other people. But working with Jane is just completely turned that on its head and and I hope that I continue to to work with you for a long time because I I almost now see you as a valuable part of my team Jane now a cog of the levelation wheel that's, that's very much needed yeah that's so nice thank you so much Emma I really appreciate that so Emma let's let's end with a fun fact uh so we we're talking about this weren't we there's a bit of a fun fact about you isn't there that we can share with our audience so what is it Emma a fun fact well like I said I I live in South Wales now. I'm I'm not from South Wales originally, but I have also lived I'm from England originally and I've also lived in Scotland. So I've I've lived in many different areas around the UK. I haven't made it 
across the water to Ireland and Northern Ireland yeah and I, and I think apologies to the the Northern Irish and the Irish that may be listening I might be giving it a miss because I found my forever home now oh. I'll definitely I'll definitely come and visit but yes my fun fact is that that I have lived in pretty much every area of of the mainland <laughs> England Scotland and Wales there aren't many yeah. people that can that can say that and <laughs> So of course it does get a bit complicated, Emma, doesn't it? When when there's rugby on, right? Uh, see, I'm, it's easy for me, Jane, because I'm a I'm a football girl. So uh-huh. I'm, it's it's very easy for me being being an English girl in Wales. I mean, I I live in a Welsh speaking house. My husband and my daughter are both first language Welsh, so it's a very patriotic Welsh house. But yeah, thankfully, because I'm not into rugby. I don't get wound up by the Welsh on an England and Wales day. Okay. They don't seem to talk to me about football, but I'm definitely club before country when it comes to football. I'm I'm very passionate about about my club rather than supporting England. <laughs> yeah. So your team is my team. My team is Leeds. Uh, yeah and uh, we had a very good weekend this weekend that we thought we'd fall out of the Premier League but at the last minute managed to uh, manage to secure staying in the Premier League so yeah I'm a very happy football fan this could have been a very different very different mindset of me today (laughs) had that have gone differently Um, but no I've my my husband and daughter also now big Leeds fans so yeah when when we're not in South Wales you'll find us up in Leeds seeing friends up there and watching football oh that's really fun well Emma it's been such a pleasure to talk to you tonight thank you so much uh, for joining us I'm so glad that you're a little bit better as well because we were going to do this podcast last week but you haven't been too well but you you held up really well so yeah well done for that and uh, I'll look forward to seeing you again soon yeah thank you so much for inviting me Jane I've really enjoyed it you're very welcome Emma bye for now Bye. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to rate and review my podcast as it will help me bring the power of connection to the world. I work one-to-one to help entrepreneurs ignite the power of authentic connection in their businesses and lives. I also help them accelerate their results through attracting and converting more of their ideal clients. And if this is something you'd like to do too, why not head on over to www.idealclientsuccess.com masterclass and I'll show you how.